1: My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com weightloss weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Hello, I'm Thomas Bessis, and you're listening to Sorry Partner.
3: Hello, and welcome to Sorry Partner, a weekly podcast about bridge and all things interesting to bridge players, brought to you by Bridge Partners and Friends, Catherine Harris and Jocelyn Starts. On today's program, we talk with French champion Thomas Bessis about bridge life and family life. Plus, he shares his top tip for developing players. But first, let's kibitz. Hi, partner! Hi, partner.
0: How are you, Catherine? Jocelyn, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine. But can we talk about gloating a little <coughs> bit? Because I've kind of had it Ugh. with the gloaters and especially online, because even something as innocuous as WDP for well done partner just drives me nuts these days especially if it wasn't anything well done by partner but in fact it was something stupidly done (laughs) by moi then i really really don't like the wdp it's such poor form
3: when it's when it's not because of the skill of the opposition but it's because of an error by the by the declaring pair It's so, it's so galling. It's like, no, no, not well done partner. Just be quiet and be glad you were able to benefit. Double
0: dummy. You were supposed to, (laughs) you know, that wasn't supposed to happen. And yeah, it drives me crazy. But then there's, there's more annoying forms of gloating, which is like, oh my God, I can't believe we made a game when we only had 13 combined high card points yeah how could that be yeah well maybe it was because your opponents screwed up i know and it wasn't supposed to happen that way that's really horrible
3: Do you think it's a little bit like, I was going to compare it to road rage, which is not quite what I mean, but (laughs) (laughs) in that sense, do you think people just stop realizing that the opponents are actually real people, much in the way that in road rage, people often don't realize that the other people in the other cars are actually real people, you know, that they're so in their own bubble that they just lose all perspective? Would they say it at the club?
0: Right. I mean, I definitely have noticed that it is more pronounced online. And, you know, there's this wonderful thing online, which is you can chat to your partner in between matches. You don't have to gloat in front of the opponents. Yeah. So people, people, do us all a favor. Yeah. When you want to gloat, just do it privately to your partner. Another thing that has happened to me, unfortunately, more than once, is when you've had a bidding snafu yeah. with with your partner and clearly something has gone off the rails. Mm. And then you get this question from the opponent. So what did you mean by four oh. diamonds? Or, oh. or what did your five hearts mean? Oh. Clearly <laughs> you were not <laughs> on the same page. And you just want to go and say, well, beep. to these people it's so frustrating oh so frustrating so you know it's hard because i think there are people who are inexperienced and they don't necessarily even know that what they're doing is coming off as gloating yeah okay so that's what we're here for right that is (laughs) that is our our raise on debt right now (laughs) is to tell people don't do this no because it's driving some of us insane.
3: Well, I, you know, I do remember one of the early games that you and I played online and I would be like, good luck partner, GLP. And then WDP after the hand, well done partner. And and you wrote something about, Oh, I think people here interpret that as gloating. Perhaps you don't mean to do it. And I certainly (laughs) did not, but I would never then, I would never be congratulating you on, on a play when I knew it was the opponent's error I would never do something like that but I will I will admit that since that very gentle uh correction I have stopped doing that I will often say if my partner is declaring good luck partner but I will not say anything else at the end of the hand you know whether they did well or otherwise I I won't even say hard luck partner (laughs) (laughs) yeah I just don't but yes Yes. Good try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a pair at my club, this father-son duo, who turn up every week and they are so obnoxious and they just sit there and they gloat in real time. They have no qualms about it. It's so off-putting and they're so very comfortable in that space. And I will admit it's it brings out the worst in me because there is no pleasure greater for me in that moment than taking them down a contract. I
0: love taking them down. I love
3: beating them because they're just
0: so awful. Well, so there's the the silver lighting to the gloating. Is that if you're able to then take them down? It feels doubly good.
3: Oh, it does. It does. I don't know that it reflects so well on my character. I'd like to think I was
0: above it, but I'm so not. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is weird. Like if you're, well, if you're like a beginner and you somehow manage to do well against a very experienced pair, it probably doesn't even occur to you that you're gloating because you know, they're so much better, but you know, those people don't want to hear it. They don't want (laughs) to hear how great you feel that you (laughs) beat them because you've, because you're so bad and they're so good. They don't (laughs) like that either. (laughs) Yes, I've learned that one the hard way. (laughs) So,
3: Jocelyn, we've had some mail that's not unrelated to the gloating theme of today, though I think (laughs) these letters are more about anti-gloating than gloating. The first one is from Phil from the Bay Area, and he says, Hi there, I love the podcast. (laughs) Very nice. Thanks, Phil. He says, shortly after my wife and I returned to duplicate play in 2015, after a 29-year break, we went to a local regional in the evening, planning to play in a 2.99 dollars a side game. At the check-in desk, the woman said, we need to fill a half table in the second session of the Gold Rush 0-750 to game. Would you like to play in that one? We said, yes, of course. But to qualify for an overall place in the Gold Rush, one would have to play both sessions. To make sure we knew that, she said, you know, you can't win the overall. And I replied, well, everyone knows that, but you're the first person to have the courage to say it to our <laughs> faces. This-
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. And he
3: said, she was momentarily stunned and chagrined, but when she looked up and saw my huge smile,
0: she laughed with me. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. It- that is not gloating that is not gloating anti-gloater it's an (laughs) (laughs) anti-gloater
3: and we have another letter this one is from lauren also in the bay area hi jocelyn and Catherine. i have been meaning to send this to you for several weeks i was playing in finals of a knockout at a regional the team we faced was very strong and quite experienced They are known for carefully analysing each other's bids, including what partner didn't bid. If only we could all do that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. On one hand, they had a bidding misunderstanding, ending up in the wrong contract. No. Yes. And when it was over, (laughs) everyone at the table knew it would cost them a bunch of imps. As soon as they finished the play, they started arguing, with one saying that his bid meant such and such and the other saying why didn't he bid something else? This back and forth continued and began getting louder as we took out the (laughs) cards for the next board. It continued as we bid, and then from a nearby table, somebody said, Can you two please berate each other more quietly?
1: Funny.
3: (laughs) I thought that was so funny. I totally lost it and had to excuse myself from the table and leave the room. When I finally calmed down, I returned and we finished the match. And when we compared the results, we did very well from that hand onwards and won. Hey, well done, Lauren. That's great. Then she's got a quote at the bottom from Albert Einstein The difference between stupidity and genius is that genius has its limits.
0: Yes. (laughs) But stupidity no 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 limits (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that is so funny berate yourselves
3: more quietly yeah it's very anti-glow yes (laughs) and i'm sure
0: lauren and her partner were sitting there thinking this is wonderful (laughs) (laughs) this is great they're mad at each other that's the best (laughs) So if you have a gloating story or an anti-gloating story, we would love to hear it. Please send it to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or sorrypartnerpodcast on Instagram, or you can send us a voice message. These links are in the show notes and on the website, along with some other good stuff.
3: Coming up next, our interview with Thomas Bessis.
0: French champion Thomas Bessis learned to play bridge as a 12-year-old. But it wasn't until a few years later, when the French Bridge Federation was looking for juniors for the national team, that his ambition was awakened. He has since gone on to win many, many titles, including the World Team Championships, the European Transnational Teams Championships, the Buffett Cup, the Vanderbilt Knockout Teams, the Norman K. Platinum Pairs the european transnational pairs the european team championships and the cavendish pairs we began by asking about his earliest memory of the game
2: so well i i, I grew up in a bridge family both my parents uh, work in bridge my mother has been part of the ladies national team for the last 40 years she's world champion my my dad is uh, we've played together he's been european and world champion as well so uh, I grew up with a, with an older brother, and uh, we didn't start playing bridge and getting interested in the game until we, we were 11, 12. Because, well, I think my parents did something quite smart. I think it was not as easy for them either. When we were kids with my brother, they just forbid themselves to talk about bridge whenever they will come back from a competition. Usually they were doing the weekend in uh, in France. So... Uh, as long as they were just the two of them after the during the car or talking they could talk about their hands but uh, as soon as they were as they were entering the house th- there was no no discussion of bridge so i have a few friends who are also uh, sons and daughters of bridge players who've been absolutely disgusted by the game hearing their parents argue all the time talking about their hands and while well, with my brother we had the exact opposite reaction because uh, well we have never heard of this game and so naturally it came when we were 11 12 we Wanted to know about this game. We 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 asked naturally, and uh, my mother, so we, my mother, so she she they realized we showed some interest, and uh, they, they started organizing this little class among uh, us and a couple of friends we have. So we had some school. So we we played for I don't know six months, and then we we uh, we gave up because uh, we didn't show a lot of interest. Because the, the only thing I was uh, I was uh, I was keen of while playing bridge is when I was uh, doing the dummy, which is in French is called. The moor, the dead guy, and the only thing I was uh, happy about uh, about this hour, of, this weekly hour of bridge, was to lie on the ground be, and being the dead guy and doing the dead <laughs> guy, <laughs> the arms in cross like this. <laughs> Don't talk to me, I'm dead.
0: And at what point did you decide that being something other than the dummy was maybe more fun?
2: <laughs> well. Uh, Quickly enough, as uh, well there were not a lot of young bridge players in France, and well we, we had uh, with my brother we had uh, our name was was quite known, so we, we've been, uh, we've been quite quickly uh, approached by the federation to play the, for the national team in the under 20 series, then the juniors and so well as uh, when you're 14, 15 and you start representing your country, it's something well it's big at any age, but especially when you're 14, 15. It helps uh, getting hooked by the game. So,
3: When did you first know that you were good at it?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. I still don't know if I am.
3: <laughs> you must have had a feeling fairly early on that it, that you clicked with the game and that you understood it.
2: Well, well I, I, I really loved it. It was not, we, we had this uh, thing with my brother. We were not in in, in, uh, in any kind of competition. I think also it was the same with our teammates from the French junior team. We uh, also with my partner, we were all just more having fun and trying to do the best than trying to figure out who was the best. Uh, well, I, I knew I loved the game and I, I, I understood some stuff. But until I started winning uh, some serious international events, I had no idea I was uh, more talented than my fellows in the in the French team or to some friends. Or when I was about twenty three, twenty four. I left Paris for the first time in my life. I went to live in the tour Grenoble, which is a city close to Lyon, where actually the ski slopes are half an hour away. So it's all good. So I, I did one first year there, the thing is that every single weekend I was coming back to to Paris to play bridge, and I was not developing neither as a human being, neither as a bridge player. So it was very very frustrating for me, and I, I re- realized that in this period that I, I was missing bridge, and I wanted to to play more bridge. So I, I quit my uh, my engineering school. Uh, well, did not really please my parents, but they've always been very supportive. The speech was to tell me whatever me makes me feel happy, just just go on with it. So I went back to Paris to the university. I studied maths there. In, in the meantime, I was playing more and more bridge and the, the first big results came and that's why, where I kind of uh, made the choice to turn completely to bridge. And so far successfully, but we'll see what, uh, <laughs> what the future is made of.
3: Do you have children?
2: I don't. I got married uh, a few few months ago.
3: Oh, congratulations.
2: Thank you to an Italian girl who's also a bridge champion, Irene Baroni. We we met when she was in the the Italian junior bridge team. We we were in the same time juniors. And then she stopped playing bridge for seven, eight years to switch to poker. And then she switched back to her her first love, bridge. But kids, not yet. It's a project, but uh, we're patient. We we, will see.
3: Would you be happy for your kids to play bridge?
2: They'd mostly, be happy if they do what uh, what makes them happy. If it's bridge, that's something we we would be able uh, to share together, and uh, hopefully it will, it will go well. Uh, but if it's something else, the, they'll have uh, my and all full support for uh, for anything else. But uh, if if we do have kids, I, I would like to do what uh, to do what my parents did. I did. Say, I think it's a it's a it's a good strategy, no, not not to get you necessarily your kids into bridge, but to get your kids into. Uh, into for finding by themselves what they like. To. I wouldn't. I wouldn't force my kids to play to play any game.
0: It also sounds like your parents wanted to be present for you, and they didn't want to be absorbed in their own world when they were with you. They wanted to be with you.
2: Yeah, that's that's true. As a, as bridge uh, professionals, they had a, they had a particular life, not a common life where. They wouldn't go to the office every day. So they had actually a lot of, the, a lot of time for us during the day. They were, they, they were here. My mom, would, can't remember almost a single lunch where my, my mom wasn't there to cook for my brother and me. My father gives a lot of uh, lessons. My mom a, a little bit less. But usually, well, their work is more going for, for 10 days, two weeks in, in a championship, representing friends. So they had a completely different schedule than any other family. Never there on the weekend, but always there during the week.
0: When you were representing France in the under-20 category, and then as a junior, you were traveling all over the world, I
2: presume? Yeah, I've been lucky enough to, to go to some really nice places. The first world championship I uh, I got to play was in Brazil, 75 kilometers away from Rio. Uh, it's actually one of my best memories ever in Bridge. We arrived there, we, we landed in a... Rio de Janeiro quite late so we, 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 arrived, uh, we arrived there in, in the evening we, and I was sharing the room with my partner so we basically we, we, we entered our room and we, we got to bed and the first thing in the morning we, we hadn't noticed when we, when we had arrived but first thing in the morning we, we opened this, uh, this window and we, uh, we, we were actually on the beach so this was actually we, we had the room uh, we had the, our, our hotel room was on the beach. Well I've never experienced that again in any British championship. But uh yeah, well we've been to uh to the best places in the world. As a junior I've been able to travel to Brazil, Thailand, China, US, of course, Sydney. So a lot of good memories, especially at this uh, when you're when you're when you're young, being able to travel that much is such a privilege. So that was that was really cool.
0: Do you have a favorite tournament that you like to play these days?
2: Um, a favorite place, not necessarily a favorite tournament for the for its prestige is the the Bermuda Bowl, of course. And uh, uh, I haven't been able to. Uh, I haven't played uh, that many. I, I played uh, I played only two Bermuda Bowls in my life. Uh, this is the most prestigious event in the, in the world to you represent your country, fighting against the top 20 to 25 countries in the world. And uh, I don't think there's uh, there's a better competition in the world. So this is for, for more. This is yeah for the real rich Then well, there, there are some other tournaments I'm really fond of. In France, we have those those festivals, those rich festivals in the summer. They, they used to be huge thirty years ago. Jean lepin Biarritz, Deauville. That they, they used to be five hundred pairs, six hundred pairs in the open pairs. Now well, the, these things have, have changed. It's uh, it's way less. But on the other hand, it had it had some positive effects. Is that the the organizers now are. Are really uh, really working hard to to make uh, to make these uh, these tournaments great. So the concept is basically we play one session a day. So we use bridge as an excuse to be in a nice place on vacation. For example, in Biarritz, we go to the beach in the morning. Then we go we play bridge from four to eight. Then go to a nice restaurant. Then meet all the, the other bridge players at the casino. Maybe go out. So it's it's really nice. The atmosphere is really nice there. That sounds
0: fantastic
2: yeah absolutely and uh in, yeah so I, I was there last uh, last summer with uh with some friends and friends from all over the world so there were some really close american friends american friends uh, swedish friends and we we rent a flat together we uh we went to dinner together we went to this really really nice restaurant in spain in san sebastian which is at, uh, at the border of uh, france so like we, we drove 50 miles and we went there. It was wonderful. So this is, uh, this is a bridge, like <laughs> non-serious bridge, like the way I like it.
0: It sounds awesome.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Plus they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: What would your partner say is your greatest strength when it comes to the game?
2: Definitely not my calm at the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is something I definitely need to work on. My my main strengths uh, are I think I'm a good competitor. I give my best, almost my best, when the, when it tends to... The more it gets important, the, the better I play usually. I, I think so, but uh, all of my partners could say differently. Uh, well, it hasn't always been the case uh, in all the competitions, but I, I, I think that's one of my strengths.
3: Well, what's changed then?
2: <laughs> I'm not really sure.
3: Is it your skill level? Is it your dedication? to the to the game is it your belief in your partner
2: maybe now that you say so well, maybe i'd like to switch my answer to uh maybe my my biggest skill maybe it's concentration i know i'm really focused when i play and there is not much on earth which can be uh responsible for for me losing my my focus and my concentration when i play bridge i'm 150 percent, 200 percent on it and uh well no, this is definitely something that uh, that matters. Uh, that matters in bridge. Now, from a human being point, human being point of view, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a good partner for sure. Uh, I. This, I think, this is my uh, one of my uh, one of my my worst qualities as uh, at the bridge tables. I'm, I'm not a good partner. I don't uh, manage to get the best of my partner, and to, to I don't manage to. Uh, well, it depends on my it depends on my partners, or whatever. But. Uh, yeah, I know I, that there are some things I, I need to work on and I can be I can definitely improve on some so many levels I think I'm a good teammate though uh, I would say when we play a long championship with uh, uh, representing our country for example it, I think it's one of the key to, to, to success is uh, is to create a really good chemistry in the team you live with uh, with five teammates and a teammate with, with, with six people for two weeks and things need, things need to go the the, the smoother possible that's something that's really important in a in a, in a long competition I like the Europeans or, or the Bermuda bowl which lasts two weeks this this is really important to maintain the chemistry in the team
0: what makes you a bad partner
2: uh my temper my temper i have troubles controlling my temper and uh, the the well i realize also it i think it's getting worse and worse with time which is not supposed to usually the the more you grow, uh, the more experience you get. The the better you are. The more distance you, you take with the events, and uh, you should realize what things matter and wh- what uh, how, how you should behave. And I'm not good at that. I'm uh, probably uh, not mature enough. I don't know. I'm I'm very uh, hard on my partner on on his mistakes. Uh, I expect a lot from uh, from my partners and my partnership. And
0: uh, is it something that happens? right then at the table or does it also happen when you're reviewing the hands later
2: so usually it's uh it's at the table that i'm a, i have a i don't know if you say it this way i have a i'm a hot blood person i'm very impulsive so i have let's say yeah. most of the time it's at the table that i have troubles controlling my emotions and my impulsivity and uh it's especially actually when um, I'm, uh, I, I don't think uh, when my partner makes and uh, it's clear that uh, I make a mistake or my partner makes a mistake but by himself, it's more when we're defending or, or when we're declare, declaring. And I, I, uh, I, I think on all the, of all those things and, uh, and suddenly when, the, when dummy comes down on where, or when we, we realize we uh, gave away a contract, and I realized that my all, the, all the all my uh, all my rezoning, all my uh, all the things I had uh, I had thought uh, thought of were were uh, were completely biased by by something that my partner did that I did not expect. These are the situations when I get the most upset because I've been involved. I feel like I make a, I made a mistake, but it's not my fault. And so my first natural reaction is to uh, say to to the partner, "Why did you do that? Why well, I thought you couldn't have that or." I thought you would have done that with that, so that that's where I get the most uh, upset with but uh yeah well with uh usually with, with time and when we uh after well after taking so some time to uh, to really do properly at the hand, i apologize uh, apologize to upon mm-hmm. sometimes for sure maybe what uh, what uh, uh strengthens this uh, this character this personality, this personality was the fact that I played for a long time with my father. And um, well, how 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 do you say in a, in English? The dogs don't make cat, or the, the the apple doesn't fall doesn't fall far from
3: the tree. <laughs> yes, the apple doesn't fall <laughs> far from the tree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so actually, with when well, my family, I took from my father this uh, trait of personality, and when we were playing together, we could argue so bad, we could say the worst things to each other. And, and the, the, or the, the opponents will feel very bad for us. We, we could say things that we would never say to each other aside from the bridge table. So that will actually scare scare the shit out of, of the opponents. That they will start making mistakes, but they will start feeling bad about us. And eventually we will take advantage of it. So with my father, we were like, we will insult each other. And then the next time, oh, no, so, so sorry, honey, no, no problem. Oh, the two suspects, no, that was perfect. So... <laughs> We could switch from one to the other, and the people would stare at us like, "Where are these guys coming from? this guys coming from?" So I got used actually to express myself very impulsively at the table, and now I think, uh, well, I, it didn't it didn't serve me well. So I have to I have to work on it now. My father is probably the only partner in the world who will accept this. My uh, temper.
3: Does your mother also have a temper at the table?
2: No, no. And poor her, she had to play with my father and with me. So can you, can you imagine? Uh, I really feel bad for her because her last two partners in mix were my father and myself. So she suffered a lot. She suffered a lot, but uh, we, we managed, we, we had some crises, but we managed with time. I managed with time playing with my mother to, to behave much better, I think. Uh,
3: so your mother's told yeah. you to behave better? Yeah. Has anyone else ever maybe refused to play with you?
2: Uh, for for sure. Maybe not that I know of, but probably many more that I know of.
3: <laughs> during the tournaments, obviously very focused, a lot of energy. How do you decompress after a tournament?
2: Well, already during the tournaments, I would say sometimes we're, there are some bars that open where we play and it's nice to have a couple of beers after the, the evening session. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the first thing. But Actually, most of the the big tournaments that i uh, they play and especially when I do well, or there has been a lot of tension either if i if I represent in France and I was uh, fighting for two weeks for the qualification for the ball or winning a title or and, uh, after a really long tournament, when I come home, I'm always depressed, basically it takes me almost a week to get uh, used to life again and uh, and like life again because. When I'm in a tournament, uh, my mind and all my, all my being is 100% to what I'm doing, to bridge to the competition. And so this is the most important thing in my, in my life at, at this precise moment. So whenever I come back from a tournament where, where either I did well or I used a lot of it, it took me a lot of uh, mental energy uh it's hard it's it's hard to uh to get the pleasure of early to to to, to have the pleasure of doing the normal things of uh, the daily life things again
3: sure but how do you do it then is it just time or do you have a couple of strategies that you employ
2: um not uh, nothing uh, nothing special usually i see my parents and my friends i uh have missed i try to uh do sports uh, the sports usually is a is a really good uh, is a really good cure
3: which sports do you play
2: i would love to play more football but i'm uh, probably not uh, good enough or no not mm-hmm. uh, sportive enough for that I, I, I play a lot of tennis and paddle tennis
3: okay so you come home and you might have a couple of tennis matches yeah, you'll hang out we, with your family
2: yeah well, well, whenever i feel I feel bad in a bad period. I, uh, I'm a bit depressed, or things don't go my way. or sports is always. Uh, I found out that sport is always a good thing to to go back on track. Because I think when you're when you're a professional bridge player, it's one of the hardest things Because honestly, we have I can't complain at all about my life, living out of my passion. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm one I I think I'm one of the happiest men in the world. Seriously, I am uh, I married a bridge player. I'm. I'm Super in love. Like I can't think of can't think of uh, many anything that uh, that that uh, that goes wrong in my life. But it's uh, I think that the one of the hardest thing is to find uh, is to find a good balance in your life. Because well, it's uh, it's harder I think that when you go to the office from eight to eight, and uh, especially maybe uh, when you don't have kids, uh, when maybe having a family life makes it easier to have a balance.
3: Because it grounds you in something.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, that for me and my and my wife, it, it's the hardest part. The hardest part to to find a good balance at home, because well, the, we, we don't. We, the, there's nothing we do on uh, on a daily basis. Maybe right. maybe we should maybe we should we, we should start But we're, we we're very happy uh, to to have this liberty to work on whatever whatever thing we we want to at whatever time we want to. I have a lot of projects in bridge. I have a website. I have. Uh, I have there is this uh, company in France working on. Uh, on IA in Ridge. Uh I'm, I'm really, uh, really interested in trying to uh, to support them in w- w- whatever way I can. So I have a lot of things in my mind I would like to uh, to work on, but uh, well, it all has to get organized. And uh, but we're also we're at the very beginning of our relationship and coming life life together with my wife, so it all will get uh, will get in order. I'm sure. I'm not really worried.
0: Do you have a favorite convention or gadget that you've really liked to play with your partners?
2: Not really. Not really. Well, you are probably uh, the people who listen to us know probably that uh, the French players are not among the the more um, the most enterprising. They the, are not the biggest workers in the most uh, territories or the biggest workers in bridge. So. Whenever we are at the table, we say refresh. Well, we play natural. We play natural. <laughs> so no, we don't play. We play probably way less conventions than uh, than uh, than any other pro. But it, it's not like big conventions. But all the are it's more philosophies in general that I am uh, I'm a big adept of. For example, uh, when you th- th- there is something I believe in when you are trying. to to get to a game you, when you know you're not in a slam zone and you're trying whether to, uh, to invite to game we will try not to uh, describe anything we want to uh, we want to keep i don't know how you would say it in uh, in english you do you want to uh, you want to keep things com- uh, as con- as much uh, yes. confide- confidential as a
0: uh, confidential
2: yeah. yeah so and i think when you're the area when you're the area of uh, of game you have a lot to gain of not explaining to the opponents, where your shortness is, what, where, where your shortness is, what your distribution is, why if you're making a slam, a game try or whatever. So leaving them in the dark, yeah, yeah, there are so many on the, on the long run that there are so many aims to, uh, to win with, with this philosophy. On the opposite, where when you know your your uh, you strengths for game and, and you're looking for slam, that's where you need to be as precise as possible. Yeah, it's also basically the same philosophy, but it's an extended... Uh, Think of this philosophy. So you're trying to figure out uh, if he, if he could have the the dream, dream cards or not, and if he has them, if it's enough to make a slam. So usually if he, if you realize he can, he can have cards that allow you to make a slam. You would you will try to seek for slam, but it depends what information you know you can get or, or not. If you know that you will have no clue, your your system is not good enough, or you or you miss room to explore to to have the. A critical clue that would, uh, that uh, that you need to know whether the slam is good or not then don't don't go for it if you know you won't have the the right information, then forget about it uh, if on the other hand you have the right system or you have enough room to uh, then don't be too lazy if you know you can get all the information you need and you can still dream about the perfect hand without risking to go at, to for the final level down one uh... to clarify. When you know
0: you don't have a slam, does that mean that you'll just go to game without doing a lot of other bidding in the in between, or you'll either just go to bid to game, or you'll just guess? You know, we don't have it, so you'll pass or no? Uh,
2: no, well, if I or if I uh, if I can invite, maybe I'll invite, but but I'll know that sometimes even if I invite, oh no, we ac- will accept with the wrong hands. We, with the hands, we'll go down to game in. Eh? And he will uh, he will refuse the 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 proposition with with the hands that uh, that allow so if I know that partner doesn't have the right like, elements to judge, if I'm between game and not, I beat game yes, I prefer to put pressure on the opponents if if I'm not sure whether to invite or beat game and have no clue whether to find game is is good or not, I beat game. If I can invite and in in average partner will make the right the decision then i uh, I consult him, this will be my philosophy here, but uh, well, it all depends on the auctions and uh, all auctions are different and uh, so that makes the beauty of the game also.
0: Are there any conventions that you really don't care for?
2: Yes. I have a strong position about one uh, convention in particular that I don't like. It is the support double. I think it's the worst convention in history. I know it's very common and popular all over the world, and uh, probably I will shock uh, a lot of people here listening to us right now, but. Uh, We're shocked. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try to defend myself. Let's support double, basically, uh, especially at the one level or support three double. Let, let's go. You open a club, pass, probably bit the hunt, they overpull a, a spade, then you double. So it means I have three hands, and this doesn't mean anything else about my hand. And to me, reserve, to reserve the double to just this information, I have three hands, but nothing else about my hand whether I'm positive, I have shape, I have values, and uh, anything. It's it's really wrong, theoretically. I've spent countless evenings uh, talking about this matter with my bridge friends at the bar or in a, or in a room. <laughs> We've spent countless, countless hours arguing about this. So the main thing is that Partner never knows how to react when when he uh, goes a club pass a hard a spade double pass. Basically, you force him to make a bid when you you you're not sure you have uh, to have a twelve count for triple three and uh, well for him. He, so first, the first thing you could you could use a, you could you could lose a number if partner responded with uh, with nothing and nobody had to to bid anything. Then uh, whenever he beats two hard, you don't know whether he has a four count, whether he has a ten count. Because when he has a ten count, for for his point of view, from his point of view. You could have a 12 count for triple three, but you could have a 14 count for 5431. But is a 14 count 5431 to beat again over 200? No, because you could have a four count suit and a, and a five count. So nobody knows where, 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 what he shows, what he has. And that's a mess because <laughs> it's really terribly really wrong. When you make a beat that doesn't say anything, say, hey, you know what? I have 13, I have 13 counts at 12 points. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> so bad things happen. It's normal. <laughs>
3: What's the best bridge advice or tip that you've ever been given?
2: Uh, well, I've been uh, I've been given many during my uh, my bridge career. Some of them uh, better than others. And I can remember of two that uh, marked me. The first one was from my father. It, we were we were just picking up bridge with my with my with my brother, and my my father told us, "So l- listen, kids, in bridge you're gonna make in your whole career you're gonna make." million mistakes. The important thing is if you don't make twice the same ones, you're going to be the best player in in, in the world. Try to learn from your mistake. Learn to take a uh, distance from the board. Try to know whether you made a mistake or not. Why, on the long run, whether it will have been good or bad. So this, this was one. The second one is way more, <laughs> it's actually more of a story than an advice. It was about uh, i don't know 10 15 years ago so this this was uh, in the period where I, I just had decided to turn professional and i i hadn't had big results yet but uh, i was starting to to feel that i could I, could, I was uh, I, I was close to to a good result whether in france or internationally so i was in this uh, in this festival in france in uh, in corsica i remember and we were so we were of course we were after playing the bridge session which was not long we were at the bar in the evening, and uh, I went to uh, to talk to Frank Moulton who is uh, to me the, the, the best French bridge player in history. I've always looked up at him as a as a bridge player. He's a uh, he's a machine. He's a uh, he's a uh, he's a killer at the bridge table. He has uh, he's really really good uh he, he he's not only really good, but he has the the right attitude. He's a he's a killer. people are always scared to play against him, and they're right too because because uh, he's really he's freaking good. But uh, what, uh, what 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 I asked him at this stage, I, I, so I went to him and said, "Frank, well, I feel I'm not uh, not so bad at this game, but uh, I feel I miss something, uh, something for winning. I I was always close, but I'm always second, third, or whatever. So." You who have won that that much, well, what uh, what's the secret? What well, well, uh, what's the secret to it? So he looked at me, and his most serious look, he told me, you know what? Just luck. You need to be lucky. Yeah, really. And on the on the on the next three months, I won the, my first European, in the trying world transnational, and uh, I won two Europeans in juniors. I don't know, I have the best summer ever. I, I won I won four titles in six months. Like right? so, so this was a good advice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but actually, well, it turned out to be uh, no. It, there is nothing, nothing true. The, the the difference between winning and losing is that uh, the margin is so is so thin in bridge that uh, in France we we have this uh, this saying that says the difference between a genius play and a stupid play is a matter of results. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite true. <laughs>
0: That's really wonderful. Well, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been absolutely terrific. Thank you so much. It's been so
3: great
2: to talk to you. It's been wonderful for me too. Thanks a lot. Goodbye.
3: And that's the show. Many thanks to our guest, Thomas Bessis. Sorry Partner is produced by Catherine Harris. Our theme music was composed
0: by Jocelyn Starts and produced by Daniel Graboy. Thank you also to our friend, Larry Cohen. Send your bridge stories and comments to sorrypartnerpodcast at gmail.com or at sorrypartnerpodcast on Instagram or send us a voice message. And please consider supporting the show. These links and a link to our merch store are in the show notes and on the website, along with some other good stuff. We'd love to hear from you, but be nice or we'll call the director. Until next week, play well. May all your finesses be on side. And remember, as
3: Thomas says, try to learn from your mistakes and be lucky.
0: <laughs> Thank you, partner. Thank you, partner. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>